0: Welcome to The Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Welcome back to another episode of The Real Triathlon Podcast. It is, in terms of hosts, it's just me today, Jackson, but I am joined by a very honorable guest who's been working hard for RTS. It's the head of growth and development for the Real Tri Squad, Adam Meredith. So thank you so much, Adam, for joining and looking forward to chatting with you and getting to know you a little bit better and what you're doing for our squad. Yeah, no problem. Good to be on. So let's just, you know, jump into a little bit of background on yourself. Um, you, You obviously don't have an American or a Canadian accent. So you're from elsewhere across the pond, I, I take it. And, you know, what, what brought you to, I believe you live in Chicago. Is that correct? Yep. Chicago area. Yeah. So like, what's sort of just a very quick uh, history of, I guess, your life in a sense and your, your life in the sport of triathlon. Yep. Cool. My life in two minutes.
1: Um, born <laughs> in England, Northern England up in Lancashire. Um Grew up, um, normal kid, didn't do a crazy amount of anything sports-wise, just went through school. Um, I did play rugby, started playing rugby age 11, and that was kind of my one sport. Um, And then I also discovered mountain biking about the same time. Um, So I kind of grew up between like 11 and then 18 before I went to college, mountain biking and playing rugby. Um, Went to college, did the usual thing. Um, And then after college cleared some credit card debt, um, and then headed off on a bit of a world tour, did Australia with some buddies and then into Asia. Um, found my way back home again eventually um, where I then sort of settled down again, cleared the credit cards once more, living with mom and dad and uh, headed off to Africa. I had an ex-girlfriend actually who was working in Africa and I said, Hey, I'm not sticking around here in England. Find me a job in Africa. So she did setting up um a ski shooting club, like a tourist resort out there. So I was helping manage that for about nine months. I was out there and that's where I met my now wife. Um, she's from the Chicago area, but she was out there working too. Um, so we spent about six months there together and she brought me back here when she got into business school. Um, so I never once thought that I would live my days in Chicago. Um, but here we are, 16 years later, two kids, five dogs later two are dead now but uh several houses and we're still here um you know so it's yeah it was never the plan to stick around but i did anyway uh, <laughs> um but yeah so i played rugby once i got here sporting wise um playing for two different clubs and then when i was 30 um, i blew out both my shoulders we, can, we got promoted, so we were playing against some real players, and um, that's when I had kids, and I was getting older and a little more fragile, and my shoulders just went bye-bye. So I uh, had some surgery on one of those shoulders and rehabbed the other, and then I needed something to get into. So I discovered triathlon, and um, yeah. So from there, I went from being a very slow triathlete to being, I would say, a, an average, you know, a pretty decent top 20-ish percent age grouper. So I'm having fun with it. Um, I think my heart belongs in the mountains. I'd love to ride more mountain bikes and next terror events, but it's a bit flat here. So my choices are limited. So that's kind of what got me into 70.3s. And yeah, I've been doing triathlons since I think it was 2014. I did my first, which was the Chicago Olympic triathlon. And then... uh, Started 70.3s the year after that. And um, yeah, I did, I think, my first Ironman the year after that. So I think I've done six Ironman events now. And I don't know, nine, 10 or so halves. And um, yeah, just been getting progressively faster, which is great. The age between 30 and now I'm 41, just getting faster each year and qualified for Worlds this time round. So I'll be heading to Finland. Um, this year so I'm really excited about that and um, yeah that's what led me to meet Nick. I was on a training camp with Nick in San Diego once with Braveheart Coaching. Met him there and we just sort of stayed in touch and that's what brought me in touch with you guys and eventually part of the squad.
0: Sweet so got a few questions. Firstly when you went to Africa with the ex-girlfriend and then you met your wife how did that all work out that kind of
1: <laughs> I would say there was there were a couple of moments that were uh not ideal uh, <laughs> so she yeah so she was yeah she was an ex-girlfriend when I went there and we 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 never really got back together once i landed there i was we were just friends there but there was still definitely a little bit
0: of uh maybe an expectation
1: like territorial dispute shall we say <laughs> um <laughs> okay yeah, yeah but right. uh you know my wife won so it's okay
0: yeah there you go um okay second question is chicago chicago is the windy city is that correct that i, I is, is that Chicago or is Yeah, is it windy there?
1: No, that name was given to it. Um I think it was because of a political convention that was here back in God knows when. So yeah. I think the story goes that they were referring to the politicians blowing wind at this conference. Ah. Um I mean, don't get me wrong, it is a little windy. Wind comes off the lake. Um And it does get a bit windy, especially in winter when it's just cold as balls wind. I mean, it like just freezing dry balls in a second kind of wind. Um, But I grew up in Northern England and we were on the slope of a hill in the sort of the Pennine areas that we just got the wind coming in every single day off the North Atlantic. Um, And yeah, compared to home, no, this isn't that windy.
0: There you go. Well, that was the two main questions I had that weren't triathlon related. Um, Chicago, so Starkey's Starkey's a Chicago guy and yep. Ben Canute as well originally, is he not?
1: Canute, yeah. Um, even our own Mark Dubrick is Chicago boy. Wow. Chicago area. Um, I think Mets, Big Mets was from Chicago. Um, Lisa on our squad actually grew up um lifeguarding at the swim club that my kids go to um so a bunch of triathletes have come from the area but only stocky stuck around
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's stubborn
0: yeah well you know what he's kind of part of the old guard and um i think he's sticking around probably for reasons other than it being a great spot to train
1: yeah he's i mean got my wife and kids he's, kids he's and... a smart he's a smart dude so yeah. but, yeah, um... but- He's also convinced, I think, to to prove that you can be a top-level triathlete on the flatlands of Illinois.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. And a top-level cyclist, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, all right. So you kept in touch with Nick, you know, and recently, uh, over the last probably, what, six-ish months, decided that you're going to be a part of the RTS. Why have you wanted to, or what did you see in RTS that, made you decide that you want to be a part of it and you want to try to help grow the team and like, where is it that you see the potential, um, Mm -hmm. with this squad? Yeah. So, um,
1: it was always my intention. So my professional background is real estate. I, you know, um, multifamily housing in Chicago. So I've got a little portfolio in Chicago and that's kind of getting to the point where it's, it's almost looking after itself. So I started to think, okay, I'm not, I don't, my passion is not real estate. I want to work in my passion come the second stage of my professional life. So I wanted to figure out how to get into triathlon as a career after that. So, you know, always thinking, what can you do? um, And I, I wanted to, in my own mind, I, I wanted to build my own team. I wanted to start a triathlon team, um, and a team in the truest sense, as in like a sporting team um, that was successful. Um, and because looking from the outside in, you see these professional triathletes working their asses off day in, day out, and not making enough money. And it just it's just broken in my mind. It was, you know, the system's kind of broken. Um, and it's changed a little bit and it's changing as we go with the PTO and more money coming in. And that's fantastic, but the system still is not perfect. Um, So I knew that I wanted to get into triathlon as a business. I just didn't know exactly how or when. Um, And then I was talking to Nick, you know, a bit more, he was bouncing ideas off me just as a sort of a, you know, your average age grouper, right? I'm a 41 year old male age grouper. I'm kind of like, you know, your stereotypical Ironman athlete. And, you have um, the
0: M.D.A. tattoo. That's a real question.
1: No. So no, you're not no. then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that one differentiator with pride. Um, yeah. So I think he was kind of bouncing ideas off of me of just like, hey, if the team did this, would that appeal to you? And I mean, your demographic and the people that you know. And and we, we just got talking more and more and more. And eventually he sort of said, do you want to help me? And I said, sure. How? And and we just got talking about how. So I kind of fell into the team. You know, it wasn't my design to be part of the team, but it kind of happened that way. Um, So, you know, my, I know, my goals for the team is to honestly turn, you know, help this team become the most successful team in triathlon. I think I want people to talk about rts as a team when they're a race announcer i want them to be like jackson laundry from rts you know right now you'll hear them say sort of bmc athlete max newman or you know um they'll talk about the teams but no one talks about rts yet as a team so i want to start getting people to talk about rts as a team um and build the brand of rts and Uh, And become, like I said, a really, really successful team in triathlon. And I also want to, you know, get that integration from the very top athletes like yourself and Tamara, who are just kicking ass top 20, you know, in the world, all the way down to your entry level athletes. So that the team goes from that entry level athlete, they've got a place to go um, in the age group squad that we've created. Um, And then there's that sort of funnel up through into the development squad that we're bringing in and then up to the elite squad if they make it. It's a it's a clear pathway from beginning to end. Um, and, you know, you guys have a fantastic um, sort of vibe about you. You know, you guys are fun. Um, a lot of these other teams, is not so much fun. Um, they might fake it for YouTube or something, but it, it doesn't look genuinely fun. Whereas you guys are just a great group to be part of. Um and I want to help in any way I can and get a message across that triathlon doesn't have to be so serious, you know, just get into it, have fun, learn and get better and faster.
0: That's what it's all about. Yeah. That's the squad. And you summed it up really well as to what we're trying to do. Um, so I think, you know, like you mentioned, the system being kind of broken. I think I agree with that absolutely. Um When you look at the sport and sort of the economics of it, you've got the vast majority of the money in the sport coming in from age group athletes as, you know, race fees and they buying equipment, buying gear, all that nutrition, all that stuff. And the the money goes essentially from the age groupers to the companies. And sometimes in, in a sense, the companies do give some of that to pros by sponsoring them. But I really think that a lot of age groupers want to support pros more, but there's really not a good way to do it. Like just buying, let's say their favorite pro rides a Trek bike, right? Just buying a Trek bike doesn't directly support that pro necessarily. Sure, it might support their sponsorship a little bit or likelihood of re signing, but the team aspect is where I think you know, that's where this system can kind of be fixed in a sense that so these people want to support the pros or want to be part of it. They jump onto the RTS squad, you know, they interact with us, they, you know, can do some Zwift rides with us, they can do, you know, we're going to be having camps at some point, we're going to try to make ourselves available to these people, um, just Facebook group, like we want to be friends with these people, we want to be like, yeah, shoot me a message, ask me whatever you want to know about sport, like, you know, we'll try to, um you know share some of our experiences and and make it fun so that's definitely part of it and then obviously we've got all our gear available like our sponsor gear available for the age groupers is is a a soon approaching goal and um i think our race kits actually are super popular so i'm stoked for when that's going to be coming out Um, yeah everyone's asking for them yeah and those we we went through probably five versions of that sleeved kit like really refining it and it's it's ready and it's really, really good kit. So, um, and that's through Jack crew. And it's actually pretty affordable as far as high-end race suits go. It's definitely like a lot less than some of the other brands. So that's another good thing is we don't need to be like totally hosing people for this stuff. Um, but yeah. how many, so how many age groupers do we have? Like, can people sign up? We've talked about it. Like anyone can yeah. sign up, right?
1: Yeah. It's pretty informal, you know, just to be, you know, there's one thing that, um, you know, I came into this with a very sort of business-like mindset. Um, I had, yeah, a little bit of a back step. I'd also, I've done a lot of um, cycling training as well. So in the last, over the last 10 years, I've um, been sort of leading indoor cycling classes. I've been, you know, learning under some of the best, you know, professional cyclists in our area. Um, and I came at it from a very, very much of a, how can we make money sort of standpoint of just like every age grouper has an X dollar value, right? We can get them to subscribe to this. They can buy this. They can do this. And Nick was just like, no, dude, like we just want people to be fans and it shouldn't cost them anything to sign up to an age group. Like shouldn't cost you. And that's one of the big things with us. Like if you want to be part of our squad, it doesn't cost a penny. Um, and then you get access to our discount codes you get, you know, you'll be invited to all the things that we put on Zwift stuff online training you know all the things that we put on the the meets that we're going to be having and you get to come meet us at races and stuff if we have those events with you guys there's no cost to it so it's literally you just get on the website and hit that button of just like sign up for the squad and you know that gets you on the newsletter gets you on our list and you then you're part of the squad there's no you know 250 bucks and you get a race kit and then you're locked in for a year um it's just a club you're a fan you're you're entitled to all this stuff so um you know it was very much of the just like there shouldn't be any financial hurdle to just become a fan um and you know the idea of rts in my mind as well i want to be like the real madrid of triathlon i want rts to be the team and like you said of like um those athletes buying a trek bike doesn't support the team yeah i want that athlete when you say to that athlete like hey who's your favorite triathlete well they, and they, i want their response to be well i'm an rts fan so you know my favorite athlete is jackson or my fa- i just love lisa she's amazing you know but i want them to be a fan of rts and not just of one athlete or you know i want the rts to be the thing that they love because of the vibe that you guys have already created I um, think it's free to love RTS.
0: That's perfect. And you can be part of other squads too. Uh, when you sign up, like, it's not like, oh, you can't be on, like, I race like a girl or anything else. Like we just want fans and, you know, you can be fans of as many different athletes and clubs as you want. Um, but I think part of the, like, really important thing to mention here is that, like you said, pro triathletes, like all of us work our tails off. You know, we train, a lot of times we're training just training close to 30 hours a week. And then all the extra stuff that goes with it is just as much time. And you're, you know, obviously even things like recovery take longer when you're training that much. So there's just not a huge amount of bandwidth left to like start a team and organize age group events and all those things. And that's where I think having you who has the vision that we, you know, to that we have and the knowledge and the desire to do it and, you know, potentially, a little bit more time although being a dad you're probably even busier than the rest of us <laughs> but you maybe have tapped into some of that uh dad's dad reserves of not requiring as much sleep and uh, a couple of those things so that's the key I, I don't i don't work physically as hard as you so i need less sleep so my
1: i gained some time around about 9 p.m and 4 a.m for the new you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go so uh but yeah, that's really cool. Um, You mentioned Finland. I'll be at Finland. I think that's going to be an awesome event. We've got so far three of us qualified. Hopefully Mark's going to be able to go, but there's another ITU event. So potentially he'll be doing that, um, which would also be awesome for him, but I would really expect to see, you know, Leslie qualify and Nick qualify. And if Lisa's able to get healthy, you know, she, she could have a chance. And obviously Garrick is like, really stoked to try to qualify if he can. So as many as we can get there, but some other events we've got Oceanside coming up, I believe quite a number of us are doing it. Um, obviously, you know, depending where you live, it can be a a bit of a tougher one to get to, but that's a, a marquee event for us, especially me, because obviously I've got to go back and try to defend the title. And, um, that's kind of our, you know, first team race in a sense for the year. Um, I believe we've got some people doing Clash Miami as well. So that's an exciting uh, start to the season. But I think the first person to race actually was already Mark and we have a podium on the board. So how could we mm-hmm. ask for a better start than that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great way to kick off the season. Yeah.
0: So for yourself, you mentioned you're doing worlds, any other kind of tune up races and stuff coming through that you're going to be doing to get ready for that?
1: For me personally, yeah, I don't know. Because, um, yeah, it's one of those odd ones. Worlds was the goal, and then you qualify, and you're like, okay, now what? Because I know I'm not going to kick ass at Worlds. I'm going to get my ass kicked, and I decided the average athlete um, when it comes to that. And, I mean, my focus was Finland because I knew that I could probably compete reasonably well at Finland because it's going to be flat and it's going to be cooler. You know, like I think the next years in New Zealand, I'm like, I am not getting my 200-pound body on those hills. There's no way I want to qualify. I don't even want to qualify for New Zealand. Um, Same with last year at St. George. I was like, I don't know. I don't even want to go to the roll-down ceremony. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, yeah, Finland's going to be awesome. And in terms of how I get there, I've got a gravel race coming up in about a month or so down here in in Illinois, southern Illinois. Um, A pretty quiet, low-key 100K gravel race, which will be awesome. Um, I always try to do a little bit of gravel to kick off the season um, just to get me into gear. I'll probably do nationals in Milwaukee. Um, um, you know, that's the local house, event. Right? Yeah. It's only an hour away. Um, and I think, yeah. Yeah. I, it makes sense. Cause I think they're going to move nationals after Milwaukee. I think it's going to go somewhere else. So it makes sense for me to do it while it's here for the last time for who knows when. Um, so then doing I'll probably do a 70- or? yeah, I'll do the Olympic there. Yeah. That's a uh, great
0: tune up. Cause that's three weeks out. That's perfect yeah. tune up. And then just a couple, another week or week and a half of hard training and there you go. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'll probably do, I've not checked the day yet. I'll probably do steelhead again. Uh, just cause it's local. I want to, you know, with the family and everything, I got to keep, Keep things local as if I can. Um, say the big travel for the big events like Finland. That's going to be a two-week entire family. My mom and dad are going to come up from England to, to see oh, yeah. the race. So, yeah, and plus, of course, with all you guys there, and hopefully we'll get a really good handful of age groups coming. That's going to be kind of a working vacation for me, because I'll be herding some chickens as we go along there. You know, making <laughs> sure you now you guys are all looked after. That's kind of a nice thing go. with uh, building the team out now with people like me. I can make sure that Jackson gets his massage every day.
0: There we go. Perfect. Our world, you know? I'll hold you to it.
1: It's not me doing it, but...
0: <laughs> Good. Let's just keep it to the professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm. we're stoked to have you on. By the way, um, the so, okay, quickly touching on the race kits if you haven't bought your race kit for this year and you like rts and you like our you know we're our race kit this year i believe is going to be a very similar style to what we had in 2022 um in terms of colors and sort of design so take a look at that and if you do want one is there like a sign-up sheet yet or is that going to come out soon it'll be
1: coming out really soon we got a little bit tied up with Chinese New Year, the Lunar New Year right now. So things kind of slowed down in China where they're getting made. I think we're on the cusp of um, getting the orders ready to, you know, send out to everybody in the order form and everything. And then um, production should happen once we get that in, probably like a two-week order window production. We're going to aim to have production happening through February, and then kits will hopefully be shipped immediately and arrive, you know, very late Feb, early March in time for those early races. Um, and Jack Roo's also going to have more items than just a trisuit in their store. We're going to have, you know, um, arm sleeves, some hats, vests, coats, you know, some really Jack Roo's quality stuff, you know, really good stuff that they have on there. So we're going to have a nice little selection there. Certain and then we're also going to be opening up a store with slightly more sort of casual gear because um, Jack Crew doesn't sort of have like just a, a regular cotton of tea. You know, it doesn't have sort of like normal stuff. Um, so so we're going to have like
0: another- merch style stuff. Yeah,
1: more merch style, you know, try to do some, you know, water bottles, coffee mugs, tees, hoodies, just casual sort of stuff that anyone can buy anytime for a gift or whatever um, and try to have that set up as a store that's open year round. Um, so rather than having this order window that everybody misses, um, just have something that's going to be, you know, direct ship from that provider um, that you can get year round to show your love.
0: There you go. And yeah. we mentioned Zwift and then there's also the platform Velocity where we're going to be having some coached sessions. Yep. Um, do you just want to quickly talk about that and sort of, when or if that's already started and and how that works for people?
1: Yeah, so that started. So um, that's exciting. So the Velocity platform is a platform that I helped to develop when I was in my sort of last um, part-time fun job with uh, Vision Quest Coaching. They developed this really cool two-way video coaching platform called Velocity during the pandemic so that their athletes, who used to come train indoors in their facilities, could still connect with the coaches and train from home. You know, we initially started doing it on Zoom just like everybody did. Um, but we realized, like, if I can't see your data and all, I see is your face and you're sweating. But I don't know if you're faking it. You're not doing the workout. So we realized as coaches we wanted to be able to see your power and your cadence um, and your video so we could comment on your body positioning. Because if we're doing an interval and we say, okay, guys, it's get down an arrow now. If you're not an arrow, um, I want to be able to say, Jackson, come on. Keep down. But um, it's, it's really, it, it's personal training. So, um, yeah, the Velocity stuff, Their classes that um, we're hosting right now, two early morning classes a week. Um, I, keep, I teach them right now, um, but we're hoping that you guys, once we all get set up and the platform gets a bit of momentum, we're going to bring in the pros as well to coach our classes here and there. Um, so right now it's got to work on my schedule. So it's 5.30 a.m., Tuesdays and Thursdays, central time. Um, and these classes have been built by Robbie Decker. Um, he is, you know, helping us sort of manage this cycling program. So they've been built by a real coach. Um, and right now we're in the base phase, you know, early sort of season, a lot of base work. And then that's going to lead us up to a lactate, uh, an online lactate test that we can do. So we're going to do a specifically designed test send off your test profile to um, the boys and girls at AeroTune. They send us back the analysis, and then we can look at that and sort of establish your training zones that you should be in. So we're really trying to bring a little bit of the science to the training um, and educate people on it. Because once you've got those results back from AeroTune, you can then schedule a call with Robbie. He's going to be able to talk you through it, and it'll help you understand your body, and how your body needs to train, because everyone is so different. Um, You know, these generic training plans that don't know anything about you are just garbage. Um, So we're trying to bridge that gap between, you know, crazy, insane, super scientific, professional level coaching, and the plan off the shelf that means absolutely nothing to anybody. Um, We're trying to bridge that gap. And Velocity is going to help us do that with some online training, because, you're going to see me as the instructor or Nick or whoever. Um, I'm going to be able to see you It's two-way video. I see all your data and I'm going to be able to teach you through a one-hour class and tell you why we're doing what we're doing. because so many times you you know I had a remote coach so many times um, over the last however many years. And you get these workouts in your plan and they'll give you some notes, but you don't necessarily know why you're doing what you're doing. You just go ahead and do it with a coach in front of you, a live coach um, that actually knows what they're talking about, knows triathlon, knows cycling. um, You can understand the why behind the workout and it gives you so much more value in that workout. Um, You learn so much. And when you're a smarter athlete, you're a faster athlete um so we're going to do two coach sessions like that per week and then on the weekends we're going to do more sort of casual Zwift rides um where we can all sort of get together and sort of take it easy and uh, you know um do slightly longer 90 minute two hour rides on the weekends so we're going to kind of put those together to create this RTS online cycling training that's going to take us through uh, as long as we want, you know, uh, try to train everyone up to that peak race in the fall. And uh, if momentum's great and everyone loves it, we'll just keep going.
0: I love it. And it's absolutely true. You have to really understand the why behind your training and you know, what, what it's doing for you. And that's something that really separates the athletes who continue to improve and succeed. And the ones who kind of burn out or, you know, lose motivation or plateau, um, it's really really important and yeah, most people don't have the time or the knowledge to to learn all that without a coach who's you know gotten been there done that and and learned it so we have had Robbie deckard on the podcast a couple of times people are familiar yeah. with him. he's very knowledgeable on the science behind training and the you know the actual scientific data um, that he's going to be taking you through so great idea um, yeah, I really think it's it's definitely a good program so jump on it i might even jump on it at some point as a coach no promises but uh it's in the it's in the if and when i find the ability to 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 process it uh category so that could happen
1: mm -hmm. yeah that's it everyone's training schedule is so personalized at your level that like doing a one-hour class is it's hard you know it's it's hard to fit it in um yeah and i i get that which is why i'm going to be so we've taken on the bulk of it initially to try to get this momentum going and hopefully people will fall in love with the platform and uh yeah we'll get you guys in for some guest appearances
0: absolutely but that is you know that's a pretty good intro to what adam's doing to help the team and to his um you know traveling life history i'd love to hear more about that sometime maybe when we're uh we have a bunch of time in New Zealand, or before we'll uh, we'll dive into that. But I've never been to actually Africa or Asia or Australia myself, so you'll have to you know be my tour guide if I end up in some of those places this year. But
1: yeah, Australia was awesome. We bought a VW camper camper and did a, did the whole tour seventeen thousand kilometers. We did it three months.
0: Wow, that's incredible
1: boring awesome. australia and halfway around the, the southern the Nullarbor Plain plane or the southern road along the bottom we had the push start the band for like i don't know probably about three thousand of those 17 we were pushed on <laughs> every time we stopped the gas it was a push start
0: that's <laughs> awesome it was so yeah. much
1: fun when you're 21 that was like the best thing
0: <laughs> yeah that would have been super cool man well uh, thank you so much for coming on adam it's been a pleasure we're going to uh you know cut it there and have me go and eat second dinner i've had a five and a half hour training day so i'm feeling uh feeling it <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, <laughs> Absolutely. You.
0: but uh thanks for coming on uh it's been awesome and we'll definitely have a check-in with you again at some and have, have you on to kind of you know just chat with us maybe about other random topics at some point as well
1: yeah i'll give you an update as that age group squads growing you know once we get to uh 500 i think that's when we'll have the next chat right which should be you know Hopefully, yeah. a couple of months from now.
0: Yeah, we gotta push you. Like, ah, we'll wait till a thousand. Once you get there, you can come back on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I need a little help, not. Yeah. I need a little push from you guys to help me get there.
0: You're right. You know, gotta pull my weight too. All right, Adam. <laughs> thanks so much. All right, dude. See ya. Cheers. got ish to do flying through the sky in my parachute dancing on the couch like
1: i'm tommy cruz on a one-man mission trying to see it through